values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Ah, man, I'm excited about a Friday. Thanks for being here. Uh, Help me make a difference in the community. We have put together something called the Action Alliance, and it's just a simple way for all of us to do community service projects together. There's a lot of people in need in our community. If you'd like to help us out and join us, just text the word ACTION to 411-923. We will put you on the list. We'll notify you when things are happening. We'll send you a free T-shirt while supplies last. It is the Action Alliance. Just text ACTION to 411-923. Former President Trump has been indicted. We don't know what for yet. The indictment has been sealed. Eventually, we'll find out what the charges are. CNN had reported that there were 34 charges. We don't know that to be true. The expectation that a lot of this stems from the fact that the president wrote a check through a lawyer, Michael Cohen, to a porn star named Stormy Daniels so that she would sign a non-disclosure agreement. He denies any sexual relationship but says he did this to spare his family any embarrassment. Uh, Michael Cohen later came out and said Trump was aware of it. This was about his presidential campaign. Therefore, no one denies the existence of the check and no one questions whether or not it was okay to I shouldn't say okay, legal to do it. The question is, if this was to save his family, it's personal. If this was to save his campaign, that is a campaign contribution item and it should have been written from a campaign account, not a personal account. So this is a violation of campaign finance laws. It's about as simple as I can give it to you. That's what the thrust of this is, and we're going to go from there. But I want you to hear from a few people. Um, I'm going to start with ABC News, uh, Rachel Scott, talking about this being a political opportunity for the former president. As for former President Donald Trump, well, he is likely waking up this morning as defiant as ever. He has made it clear, indictment or not, he is running for president in 2024. His campaign is already strategizing about how to turn this unprecedented legal hurdle into a political opportunity. In fact, they're already fundraising. Of course they are. And the other side of the aisle is fundraising as well. That is part of the ugliness. And I've ranted about this all morning. I might as well start here. We're going to get into more of this audio, I promise. I think my fear of this is it's going to drive the politically uninvolved further away. That's my fear. I don't think that something like this makes people that don't vote say, this is it. I've got to go vote. It might. Maybe I'm going to be 100 percent wrong. Maybe there are people out there that say it's about time this guy pays for what he should pay for and I'm going to vote and make sure he's not president. Or there could be other people that say this is, you know, we've been watching the legal system be used as a weapon before and I'm tired of it and we're going to vote everybody out. I guess that's possible. But for the people out there that could care less about R's and D's, they just don't care. Look at this and say, all of you are behaving like idiots. All of you are corrupt. All of you are part of this ugly problem, and I don't want anything to do with any of you. I love my country. I love my community, but I don't want anything to do with its politics. And I think things like this may drive those people further and further away. You know, it's uh, I am um, I'm a diehard Miami Hurricane. I can't wait to see the boys in the Final Four tomorrow. But when it comes to football, I used to live and die with Miami Hurricanes football. 
And when we played big rivals, we played Ohio State. Can't stand Ohio State for what happened in the in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, uh, Florida State, the Florida, the old rivalry, Catholics versus convicts with Notre Dame. Um, I lived and died with those games. And there were many people that would walk by the TV and just didn't care. It was a waste of a Saturday. But if you're invested, you're invested. And the goal for those leagues, whether it's college or the NFL, is how do we get more people invested? Fantasy football, um, we've now got sports betting. What do we do to get people engaged in our sport? The American political machine has done nothing like that. How do we get more people to be involved? It is getting worse, if you ask me. So here's uh, Morgan Norwood from ABC talking about the police in this situation. The NYPD out in full force today with all officers ordered to report for duty in uniform at 7 a.m., preparing for potential unrest. Trump called for protests after claiming he was going to be arrested last week. That call to action fell flat, with only a handful of demonstrators turning up at the Manhattan courthouse. And while officials say there are no credible concerns right now, the biggest concern is next week. During Trump's surrender, he'll be joined by Secret Service agents and could be fingerprinted and photographed, but he's unlikely to be handcuffed given the nature of the alleged crimes. There are people that are upset that the president has been indicted at all, and there are other people that are upset that he's not already in prison. But there are a lot of people, myself included, I'm looking at this and saying, just like a lot of times, this indictment has been sealed. The indictment's been sealed, which means we don't know what the charges are or how many charges there will be. Will it change some people's minds? If you see a list of charges and different incidences that all around along the same lines of corruption, will it change your mind? Or do you believe that this is nothing more than a witch hunt and nothing is going to change your mind? But this is all preliminary. I mean, we all get caught up, and this is a fair thing to do. We all get caught up in the heat of the moment. History tells the story. What will happen long term? Um, Again, I go back to 04 and and George W. Bush. I was a volunteer on his campaign. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him on a number of occasions and spending a very small amount of time with him. But being in rooms with him and watching how he is as a person, and I can tell you from his kindness toward my family – When my brother was killed from his sense of humor and self-deprecating humor and not taking himself seriously but taking his job seriously, I at that time thought the world of George W. Bush as a human being, and I still do. And I'm so glad that history, after his time in office, as passionate and as, um, um, I guess, high-tempered as politics can be, he was reviled. People hated him. I didn't think I'd ever see that level of hate. But after the years have gone by, history has been a lot more kind to the former president, and they see him for what he does with his art and helping uh, wounded veterans. There are always going to be haters, and there are always going to be people that are diehard lovers that will never go in a different direction. But in general, the opinion of him and of his father and of the Bush family has changed dramatically. His father was a very close friend with Bill Clinton, and Clinton knocked him out of office, and they went on to do great charity work together. Bill Clinton was reviled by Republicans, and then all of the, the, the Me Too movement, how did you justify what he did in the White House and the Me Too movement? But history has been kind. If you look how kind history has been to President Obama. 
and uh, who he is as a human being once he is out of the limelight and all of the attacks that come along with being president of the United States. So this is in the very first stages of what it's going to be. Emotions run high. How will history judge? Just like how did history judge Richard Nixon? How is history going to judge this situation? And it's it's a long way from over. And the people that are living and dying with what's happening right now need to take a deep breath. The president hasn't even re, uh, you know surrendered himself. They haven't had any kind of an arraignment yet. So nobody knows exactly what the charges are. Let's at least wait for that before we decide how far this is going to go. And we'll find out. We're going to find out in the coming days. Coming up in a moment for the last time this week, we do a segment called Did You Hear This? to catch you up on the major headlines. And it happens in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Now, I normally don't know what's happening, but I can pretty much guess what will be in this this episode of Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. New York is preparing for potential unrest in the city following former President Donald Trump's indictment. The New York Police Department is gearing up for possible protesting at the courthouse, stressing situational fluidity. The NYPD out in full force today with all officers ordered to report for duty in uniform at 7 a.m., preparing for potential unrest. And while officials say there are no credible concerns right now, the biggest concern is next week. Does this feel reminiscent of the January 6th insurrection? Uh, um, I don't know if it feels reminiscent of January 6th because we aren't seeing the heat of the moment stuff happening right now. I'm going to be anxious to see what the former president says either before or after his surrender. That will tell more of a story about that feeling and also how many people gather in his support and what their attitudes are. Did they learn their lesson from January 6th or are they emboldened by January 6th? That's the question. ABC's Jay O'Brien spoke to one prominent Trump supporter in Florida who has organized events in multiple cities. O'Brien asked him about his weekend plans. And he said he has no plans to come out here and hold any kind of large-scale demonstration in support of the former president just because he's got other plans this weekend. So it remains to be seen who comes out here, who comes to Mar-a-Lago to back up Trump as he now faces down this indictment. Has Trump lost loyalty from his supporters over his indictment? I don't know if it's loyalty, but I will tell you this. There are a lot of people that are looking at this and saying there's a big difference between being morally wrong and legally wrong. And they may be upset and think that this is a witch hunt, but it's hard to defend the fact that you wrote a check to pay off a porn star so that your wife didn't find out or family didn't find out. So there are a lot of people that are saying, I defend him here saying this may be a witch hunt, but I don't necessarily feel good holding up signs out in front of the cameras. So that might be a little bit of this, too. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to get you caught up on the headlines. Homeless advocate Stacy Champion said in a tweet that the homelessness crisis in Phoenix is a failure by the city, county, and state to act proactively or responsibly. AZ Family spoke to Champion about possible solutions to the zone. How things are cleaned up just needs to be done thoughtfully um, to make sure that folks are not losing, you know, their birth certificates, their IDs, their medications, all of their worldly belongings, basically. 
Governor Katie Hobbs vetoed a bill Thursday that would ban tents in public spaces. Do you think compromise is possible between business owners and homeless people living in the zone? Yeah, I think what has to happen here is there has to be a distinction. The distinction between the people that they were just talking about, the people that are homeless and want out of their situation or desperate to get out of it. And unfortunately, the other people that are resistant to any kind of help, the people that whether it's through addiction, through mental illness or addiction that's caused by mental illness, there needs to be a distinction and separate ways of handling those situations, keeping in mind that those business owners and citizens have a right to clean streets as well. The City of Phoenix Aviation Department filed a lawsuit against the City of Tempe over the proposed Hockey Entertainment District. The owners and operators of Sky Harbor have complaints with developments in the area after the Federal Aviation Administration called residential developments incompatible with the region. What this is about is Tempe's actions not only on this development, but on multiple other developments over the last two years that are adding homes underneath the uh, the flight paths in this high-noise area. Tempe Winds, an organization that supports the development, is calling Phoenix's criticism the height of hypocrisy, citing the existence of sports venues on a flight path in Phoenix. What should Valley residents pay attention to throughout this saga? Yeah, that's funny you say that because that's exactly the road I was going to go on. If you are landing at Sky Harbor Airport and you're coming from the west and flying into the east, you fly right past where the Suns play and where the Diamondbacks play. If you land coming from the west to the east, you fly right past Sun Devil Stadium. So I, I, I just don't understand here. This seems to be kind of a weak argument. I don't know why they're making it, but I'm not a legal expert on this. Nobody likes to, nobody wants the idea of noisy planes or the possibility of danger, but this seems to be in an area where we've already seen great development. Things are not very very tall in Phoenix because of this, so there are things that can be done to make sure they're not in the flight path, but noise is a part of it, and if you see the planes there today, they're probably going to be there tomorrow, so you just got to live with it. Hey, how about that? Congratulations to the rookie. Great job. That was really good. Awesome. That was a great job. (laughs) Um, So that's Did You Hear This for another week. We are going to do it again on Monday. Uh, What we're going to do coming up here in just a few moments, we're going to continue to have these conversations. But I want to, we will close it out talking about what former President Trump and what's happened. But I've got to tell you, we're going to go back to the comments about what's happened in Nashville. We are losing focus, in my opinion, with all due respect. CBS News reportedly is barring staff from using the term transgender in reference to the Nashville shooting. If this were a unique, if this weren't a unique situation like this, I would have no problem with it. But what we are concerned about is attacks on the transgender community because people are going to associate one person that does something with an entire community. But that's exactly what has been happening over and over and over again. So coming up in just a few moments, we're going to go back to that topic and let you hear what the White House press secretary had to say and what is the real reasons behind all of this. We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, happy Friday. We are going to close out the show in a few moments with more comments about the indictment of former President Trump and more um, audio of people talking about this and commenting on it. But I, I still am stuck on this topic of Nashville and the shootings in Nashville. This is something, again, that continues to shake the country in talking about the school shootings that have gone on against any innocent people, but especially against children. It is it is heartbreaking. 
Um, the vitriol and the anger toward anybody that is not in favor of gun control makes me laugh because it's just, it's just we all want it to end. I'm not going to start a conversation with anyone where I have to defend myself and my desire to see these things end. Just disagree with your solution. And we, we can have a conversation from there. But I'm not going to fight about whether or not I am as concerned as you are. But the other wrinkle in this conversation has to do now with the trans community not coming to grips that someone that is one of them is the one that perpetrated this crime. Um, I will tell you that good behavior, honorable behavior, and bad behavior are not limited to any one group of people. Um, there are pastors that have done horrible things, and there are bad people that have done wonderful things. It is just it, we are the same flawed pool of humanity. But if the trans community is going to be upset that people that already don't like them are going to say all trans people are like this or po- or, or possibly like this, um, you're, it's going to happen. That's humanity. But if you're going to say if in CBS News has done this, CBS News has reportedly barred staff from using the term transgender to reference the shooter in Nashville. Can you imagine a white supremacist, a skinhead, a, a whoever that killed somebody and CBS News said we don't want to endanger white people so we are not going to identify this person as white when they were killing so well they probably did it because they were white there's a very good chance that this person had a grudge against this school this is according to the police you know so we don't know if her being trans played a role in why she was angry at this school the idea that we are doing uh, backbends, that we are twisting ourselves into a pretzel to have to deal with this in the politically correct world we live in, it shows the idiocy of the woke culture and, and political correctness. You hate guns. You hate murder. You hate anybody that would hurt a child just like I do. But in this case, it's a trans person that did it, and that upsets the apple cart of your sense of morality. It's absurd. This person does not deserve any respect from anyone, her community, his community, whatever you want to say. It should be that this person is a murderer, white, black, brown, whatever, gay, straight, trans, cisgender, doesn't matter. This is someone that is so devoid of humanity that their solution to any problem in their mind was murdering children. Who's defending this? This is where the problem in our society resides. You know, we continue to hear every time. I had a couple of other stories that I kind of left out, but they were about teachers. One of them here in the Valley, I think it was a teacher assistant now, is charged with poor, uh, inappropriate touching of a child. A young child. I think the child was a really young child and videotaped it on multiple occasions while he did it. Been arrested. We had a teacher recently, again, 
molesting, having inappropriate relationships with children. No one. No one is talking about their race or identity or the fact that they're educators and saying this is a systemic problem and we should be suspicious of all teachers. What we acknowledge is as hard as the school system tries, as much work as they do in identifying people that are good for the profession, there are some people that slip through the cracks and are horrible human beings and and prey upon the weakest and most vulnerable among us, and that's children. No one calls it systemic, but when it comes to law enforcement, when a cop injures or kills somebody, when a cop does the wrong thing, all of a sudden, the entire industry, the entire profession is on trial. We have been doing this forever. It's where the defund the police movement came from in the first place. So I'm, I'm, and I'm, I mean this sincerely. I had never, I never once in my mind did I think there goes another violent trans person. Here's an example of how the trans community really is. This shows you how dangerous those people are. I never said that. But in this case, that's what happened. Someone that is transgender committed a horrible crime. Deal with that. Deal with the horrible crime. The idea that you're not going to tell the whole story is absolutely absurd. Because there are some people out there that hate trans, and what this does is this perpetuates that hate and makes it more dangerous for trans people. Well, you know, I will tell you an example of what you're talking about is what's been happening to cops for the last few years is we have seen a huge increase in violence toward police officers, especially right here in the city of Phoenix. Is there anybody out there that is calming that down? Is there ever been anybody that you know of in the media business, I'm talking journalists, that have come out and said, This is not indicative of the police community. Police officers in general are great human beings who do an excellent job and risk their lives to save people like these cops did in Nashville by taking out this target at risk of their own peril. That is a better example of policing. So the trans community wants to say, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I think they're right. We are much more susceptible to being victims of crime, especially violent crimes, than we are of perpetuating a violent crime. Right on. The same can be said for policing. Police officers are much more likely to be victims of violent crimes than they are to perpetuate a violent crime. But no one is making that clarification. No news network is saying we have got to stop talking about the fact that it was a cop that did it because they were a cop. How about it was it's like saying this teacher did this because they're a teacher, that this is part of why teachers are teachers so they can molest kids. That's what people say about police officers. Cops are cops so that they can beat people up and they are nothing but thugs with badges. And we perpetuate that and we allow people with those feelings to lead the conversation. I agree when the trans activists say this does not this is not indicative of trans people. And instead of saying people that believe that are wrong, they say you can't talk about them being trans because it makes it more dangerous for us. We'll name another group, name another group of people that get that luxury. Name another group that gets that luxury. And this is a hate crime, period, end of story. Does that mean that all trans people are hateful? No, it doesn't. It means this person was. This person had so much hate in her heart or his heart, whatever it is. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that to be insulting. I don't know which is the appropriate term to use right now.
this person had so much hate in their heart that they found it appropriate to walk into a school that they once attended and gun down nine-year-olds and the principal who ran toward the gunfire to protect the children in that school. This person thought the murder of six individuals and then standing in a second floor window and shooting at police cars as they were pulling into the parking lot was the appropriate way to deal with whatever issue was going on in their life. And instead of dealing with that issue, we've got to now dance around the politically correct issue because nobody wants to handle this any other way than what they say doesn't hurt the narrative. Well, there is no narrative. People are people. There are good people in every aspect of our lives. This is part of the issue, too, when I've talked with people about when we generalize with everyone. You know, we generalize so far with people until we have a one-on-one conversation. And then walls come down. But there are people in this country, and I'm one of them, that look at the White House press secretary and the comments made recently about transgender rights are under attack in the days that followed this. You've got the former press secretary for the governor of our state on the day after this shooting happened by a female. We just got to acknowledge the facts of the case. May have been transgender, but a female was identified by the police as a female. Holding two guns and and captioning that photo that says, this is us when we see transphobes. It is as tone deaf to the moment as can possibly be. And the White House press secretary was doing the same thing. These children have not been buried yet. Their families are still in the most shocked position they will ever be in their lives in the darkest places they will probably ever have to go to emotionally. And here we are arguing about whether or not who this affects the trans community. This has nothing to do with the trans community. This has everything to do with the loss of life that is senseless and the parents that are getting ready to bury their children. The White House shouldn't be talking about the trans community. The White House should be talking about these three children. They should be consoling these parents. They should be consoling the loved ones of the adults that gave their lives that day. We are upside down and backwards with political correctness and this desire to not get rid of the narrative that seems to be with the politically correct crowd. I'm sorry. It's wrong. It is absolutely wrong. All right. In a moment. Um, We're going to close it out in talking about the indictment of the president. Some more audio of what people have been saying about it coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, we are minutes from our weekend. Hope you got a great one planned. I want to talk a little bit more about the indictment of former President Trump. And I've been getting some questions from people. And this is a great question. And this could go on either side of the political aisle for a lot of offices, not just the presidency. I want you to think about this question. Is this the best we have to offer? If you're a Republican and you're talking about the 2024 presidential race, is Donald Trump the best option that the Republicans have to offer America? If you're a Democrat, is Joe Biden the best option that the Democratic Party has to offer America? Uh, The governor's race, congressional races, Senate races, because what you end up having to do when it comes down to a general election is pick what you think is the best option. When you get there, 
But is that option the best that the party that presents that option, is that the best one that they have to offer? So if you look at it like that, and then, and there's a couple of ways that we're looking at this indictment. One of them, the one perspective, which I don't necessarily disagree with, is there is a seething hatred for Donald Trump, and they call it Trump derangement system uh, uh, syndrome. I believe it exists. There are people that just hate him. Anytime, if I'm not coming on the air and screaming that he is the worst human being that's ever lived, I'm making excuses for him, and I am covering for him because they just hate him. I want to take you back. Nancy Pelosi, 1998. This was Congresswoman Pelosi talking about the indictment of former president. I'm sorry, the indictment of uh, former President Clinton and impeachment charges. Today, the Republican majority is not judging the president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear privacy, fairness, checks and balances have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here to, as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred. Until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. The exact same thing can be said about Democrats and Donald Trump right now. It's just a fair. It's a fair comparison. Nancy Pelosi, by the way, is getting ripped on social media by people saying that Trump will have his opportunity to prove his innocence. I want you to let that that statement sink in. Now, do I think it was a Freudian slip? Do I think it was a mistake? Yeah, I do. The president of the United States or the former president has no uh, business proving his innocence. It is up to the state of New York to prove his guilt. That's the way our justice system works. So here she is, Nancy Pelosi, Democrat, talking about a Democrat president being impeached because he lied about having sex with an intern in the White House while he was president of the United States. And at that time, the Republicans were just doing it because they were filled with hate. Now you've got a former president of the United States being being accused of writing a check to a porn star years before he was ever a candidate uh, so that he could keep his reputation clean when he ran for president. And one is a crime in New York, and the other one, she defended the president and said Republicans are just doing it because of hate. So there's one way to look at it, the political battle. The other way to look at all of this, and this is where my fear is, that the majority of people out there are looking at this like, this is politics and this is the best you have to offer. We hold athletes to a higher standard. There was an athlete. There was a basketball player back when Jerry Colangelo owned the Phoenix Suns. There was one of their um, most uh, one of their best starters. One of their best players was accused of um, domestic violence. Uh, Jerry Colangelo got rid of him off the team. He was gone. They traded him out of the city. Um, we hold athletes professional athletes to higher standards. Um, if you remember, there there have been a few athletes that have sent inappropriate text messages to members of the media. We've seen all this happen, and somehow we still have this hero worship when it comes to politics. Uh, if you remember, there was an accusation against former quarterback Brett Favre, uh, Brett Favre sending inappropriate texts of him nude to a reporter, and he was roundly criticized and ostracized for a very long time. We've had professional athletes that have been caught using steroids – 
They have been ostracized from the sports for cheating for a very long time. And many of them will never get into the Hall of Fame because of their use of, of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And yet here we have people at one time, a Democrat in the 1990s, who was having sex with an intern, kept his presidency, never suffered any consequences, and until the Me Too movement remained the face of that party. Now the Republicans have a candidate who is the leading candidate for president who has, by his own admission, written a check to a porn star so that his family didn't hear about an alleged sexual affair with her. I'm going to ask the question again of both parties. Is this the best that our parties have to offer? Because I'm a Republican, so I'm going to say us and our. It's a question to ponder this week, and we'll be back on Monday, I'm sure, with a lot more on this. Hope you got a great weekend planned. If you're a social media user, at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter, and Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram, is where you can find me. Got a big weekend planned. Hope you do, too. We'll be back just after 8 o'clock on Monday morning. Have a great weekend, everyone. God bless.